Well, friends, welcome back to the Created to Thrive podcast. Today, I am going to do something a little different. I'm actually going to share an episode that is the most popular episode on the Created to Thrive podcast. And I've edited it so it's shorter than the original version. And that is episode number 62. And it might surprise some of you what the uh, most popular episode is. But it is an interview that I did with my friend Vicki Lynn. And it's how to recognize and navigate difficult or toxic relationships. It's so important that we have practical tools and skills to be able to navigate the uncertainty of difficult relationships, how to get equipped and empowered and know your value and worth to be able to set healthy boundaries, especially during the holiday season. So that's why I chose to air this one. And again, I've edited it down to give you just really more of a short and simple action packed steps for you. And so Vicki Lynn is the founder of the Survivor Center, where she equips and empowers women who are forced to share custody with an abusive ex-husband or partner. She herself is a survivor of 25 years of narcissistic abuse and is passionate about helping women reclaim their life, walk in truth, and find true and lasting freedom. And she knows what it's like to live in a constant state of anxiety or fear and stress. And so she's on a mission to change that for others because she's walked this journey herself. And so you can learn more about that uh, at the end of the podcast where I give all of her contact information. But even if you do not have an unhealthy relationship, I guarantee you, you know someone who does, especially what we've just come out of through the last few years with the shutdown and everything. There is so much pain and struggle that is happening in relationships, and I want to be able to help people with those resources. So I would love for you to share this episode with someone you know that is struggling in a relationship. Maybe they have a narcissistic relationship. Maybe it's with their boss or with a family member, a parent, a spouse, and the list goes on. So thank you in advance for sharing this. I want to help you thrive in all aspects of life. And I am so grateful for you, my listeners. And I just wanted to give you something that would be helpful during this holiday season, whether it's for yourself or someone else. So grab a notebook and pen, because there's some juicy notes here that you're going to want to take. All right, here we go. Welcome to Created to Thrive. I'm your host, Lori Snyder. If you desire a deeper connection with God, want to know your value and purpose, then you, my friend, are in the right place. I will teach God's word in a simple and practical way to equip and empower you to become who he created you to be because you were created to thrive. So welcome, Vicki. Thank you so much for having me. First of all, how do you even become aware if someone is in a toxic environment. So what red flags would signal that a person is either in a toxic environment or relationship of any kind? So with Thanksgiving around the corner, you know, I'll address as best I can talking about like family dynamics um, and spousal. So red flags, really when you're with a difficult person or in a relationship, um, they, you feel on edge. So I'll just go real basic to start. You feel on sure. edge. 
you might feel like you're walking on eggshells. <clears throat> you're worried that your reaction to a person or your opinion shared with that person or your feelings will upset a certain person. And so you tend to withdraw. So you tend to maybe stay quiet or just know that you have to avoid a certain person. Um, whether it's like a, if it's the holidays, you know, you're going to avoid your cousin because you always feel like whatever you say, she attacks you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Or if it's your spouse, um, you know that you can't tell him how you really feel about any situation because he has made you, he has said things to you that have made you feel like you were wrong. And even though it's just your feelings, you're made to feel you're wrong. And I could probably say that like a, as a blanket statement across the board, dealing with toxic people. Yeah. And they're not just men. I know you deal specifically with mamas because you're helping them co-parent, but right. I know personally, I just had someone that uh, I had to walk through this with a year ago and she was the very toxic person and had to help the the man with some different coping strategies and, and interactions. So it's both male and female. Yes, it is. It is. And I always, I, I always speak from my experience, which is, you know, me being a woman and, uh, but toxic people can exist, you know, anywhere. And I often find that the moms I work with that um, coming out of a, an abusive or at least a toxic relationship, a marriage, they typically had a parent who was or is also toxic, also potentially narcissistic and definitely emotionally not a safe person. And so it stands to reason that when we're going into the holidays <clears throat> that you may think, okay, well, I'm not with my, let's say my ex-husband or my ex-wife, right? Because they were harmful, but you're walking into your family's <laughs> dinner and it, you know, it's your mom that's going to make you feel like nothing you do is good enough. Mm -hmm. And so I, for myself, I had to walk that journey where it wasn't my mom. It was my, my dad. So, um, he just, I never got his approval. I never felt good enough for him because lots of reasons. And, you know, when I, uh, escaped my abusive marriage and I was walking through the, the divorce process and sharing custody, which was also extremely, extremely hard. Yeah. <clears throat> I found that I would still feel like a child when I would talk to my dad and I would still feel like, um, you know, I was trying to win his approval. And, you know, it took me a couple of years to recognize I'm free of the ex-husband, but I'm not free of this desire and need to please someone that's really important in my life. Yeah. And so um, that's just something I, I like to put out because we might all think we've escaped uh, in a toxic work environment, but then we go to our family and, you know, maybe our dad or our mom constantly make us feel like we're not good enough and we're always trying to win their approval. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such an important point. And I found too, that especially with the women that I was uh, meeting with, you know, again, probably at least 15 different women, they were experiencing that within the church because they didn't feel safe within the church because it was always a matter of, well, God hates divorce. You've got to submit, you've got to forgive. And it was just putting a band-aid versus nurturing her heart to get really at that emotional and mental 
um, aspect of her to be able to equip her to say, okay, we hear you, we see you, we validate you. How can we come alongside and help you? So yeah, it does spill over into every area. So that's a great point. Yes, absolutely. What, so, you know, the first thing is we have to become aware because you don't know what you don't know. And would you find that most people then will say, well, what is about me? Because I'm kind of the common denominator or this just tends to never go away. Do you find that often that we yes. want to dismiss the other person and blame ourselves? 100%. And I feel like a couple of reasons that that is one is I believe we as a society and maybe in the church also, or not, maybe definitely in some churches also, you know, um, we feel like we, and you hear this, we attract narcissists or we have attracted toxic people. Like you said, we're the common denominator. So then we think we, we then, um, the message that something's wrong with us gets underscored again and again and again. And honestly, we then take the focus off of the, let's say the abusive person, mm-hmm. the toxic person and onto the, the abused or the victim or, you know, someone who's suffering. Yeah. Um, and it, it takes some time. And I remember going through and I would Google, literally, I would Google, what does Bible say about my worth? Mm. What does God say about my worth? Yeah. What does God say about my identity? And I know I go, I mean, I just started Googling because I figured it was faster than trying to like, you know, you know, look in the Bible. And then I would go to the Bible from the Google results and I would just start to meditate on those verses Mm -hmm. and allow them to soak into me, even though I didn't believe them, even though I wanted to believe them, but I didn't. And, and then I just asked God to change my heart and over time that occurred. Mm -hmm. So I think that when we, um, if we know someone who's walking through a difficult situation or with a difficult person or sharing custody with a difficult person or a parent, um, it's important, I think, especially if they are believers to point them back to the basic truth of what, who God says we are and what he believes about us and, um, our worth and our value in his eyes, right? We're his masterpiece, but you don't feel like a masterpiece when you've been, your personhood has been verbally and emotionally and psychologically and even spiritually beaten down by another person. So, but it always has to come back to the truth because that's where we find life. Yeah. 100%. And I, I can't echo your, your um, words more because what I found was in this case, it was predominantly the men. They would look like they're, they're playing the part in the church. They're an elder or they're going to the Bible studies. They're showing up and they have this facade and they're using all the scriptures. They're saying all the things and they're manipulative in a way that makes the woman feel so small. And it just, it would break my heart and the women would feel so trapped. What do I do? Because how do I, first of all, how do I get help? with someone that will actually give me the truth, help me understand my value and worth, but then equip me with tools to step into conflict resolution. Because one, what I have found is that we have to take personal responsibility. So that's the first thing, you know, once we're aware of it, but then you get the help to give you the equipping tools then to be able to step in. So 
talk about that. I know that um, that's a lot right there, but what would you say to, especially the woman listening that maybe is struggling right now and she feels helpless, she feels hopeless and she feels trapped. What would you suggest? So I would, I would encourage her to find one person who hears her and believes her. And that might be often not someone that's, that she already knows. It might be someone she needs to go to um, a local domestic violence organization. And, and I say that where a lot of women, including myself, don't believe that we were in a domestic violence situation. Yeah. So there's a stigma around that, which we would talk about another day, but, um, but often it's going to or social services, some something, or or perhaps a pastoral counselor, or just somebody, but but that they believe her, um, or a friend. I mean, she has to feel safe and heard and believed. Yeah, that would be number one. And I would say, if you if the woman who's listening doesn't have that, or feels like she's tried and people have you know not not believed her or told her to go back to her husband, like my church at the time did, um, that she's welcome to reach out to me just, and I I can link her to resources, but that is number one. And I was blessed that I had, there was two times that I escaped my situation and two different friends helped me in those situations. And so I did have friends who believed me. And so that, that was very helpful. Um, so I would say that would be a, a place to start because many women feel like, well, I've already tried, you know, I've already talked to my friends. Um, I've talked to my pastor and they feel like there's nowhere to go. Just what you said. Yeah. So knowing that, and if she truly has exhausted her, her organizations locally, you know, reach out to me and I can connect her to either someone, you know, myself or, or another resource for sure. Let me just ask you this. How did the Lord help you with discovering your value and worth to empower you to be able to make the necessary choices. So, so I would like to, there's so much, we could talk like hours on that, right? But two things. So in 2011, when my daughter was just one and, you know, the abuse was pretty intense. And I remember, obviously I had been praying for a long time and crying out to God for a long time and asking him to change my husband and blah, blah, blah. I was lying in bed after a huge fight and I had asked him to leave and he wouldn't leave. Um, and whether it was the audible voice of God or just really, really loud in my spirit, don't know, but I heard him say, Vicki, you don't have to live this way. Not another day. And he said it three times. So it was like, just to make sure you heard. And that to me gave me permission to leave. Mm -hmm. Um, now that's that. And what I will say though, is I I left, there's a whole story. And then I came back. There's a whole story there. But when I came back the second time, now my daughter is five years old, four and five at this point. And it was getting bad again. And I remember opening the Bible and like, and then Googling again, you know, what does God say about abuse? What does God say about divorce? And I mean, I just was digging, digging, digging and reading scriptures and books and this and that. And my friend said to me, my friend who was just so wise, she said, he's already given you permission. Why are you asking him again? You know, Mm -hmm. what are you, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't that I really felt before I left that I was worthy. I didn't, 
it was more like I just had God's almost like a, I don't want to say a cattle prod. That's not the right word, but like, you know, he just sort of like galvanized me to go. Sure. And then, then I went on the journey of my worth, my value and how he saw me. I hope mm. that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And fast forward to now, where are you at now in your journey? So now I get upset when I see people that don't feel their worth, you know, upset for them. Like, you know, I want this freedom for them because God is so good and faithful. And even when you don't know what to ask him, he will answer you. Even when you don't know how to pray, he'll answer. It's more of, you know, obviously he sees your heart, right? It's what the Bible says. He sees your heart. So I think just having that desire to live truly in a freedom that he has given us, then glorify him through what you've been through. Like that desire will go a long way. And I think that because I have that desire, the Holy Spirit's like encouraged me with that desire for years and years and years. Yeah. I think that that's one of the things, um, if you have that desire, then God will take care of you and set you on your path. Well, I love that you bring hope and healing that offers freedom to others because you know what it's like in that journey. And I love that that's how we can um, really identify with the sufferings of Jesus in our own way is that he knows what it's like in our journey and to um, have that strength to say, if God be for me, who can be against me? And that will strengthen you to be able to move forward. But then knowing that if I can also now help others who are going through what I've come out of, and you're still, you know, in process of journeying, but that is so much greater of that healing now, because that's that true freedom that you like, I'm also now setting other captives free because that's what Jesus came to do for us, as well as giving us his power and his ability to do that, his grace. So what would you say, what are some tips that, um, someone listening right now could do to set healthy boundaries for themselves? So the first thing is recognizing kind of what you said in the very beginning about awareness. Mm -hmm. Many, many, many of us that are in these situations, again, it could be with a parent, a sister, brother, your spouse or ex-spouse. We're so used to the way things are that it's just, it's, this is the way it is. This is how they are. This is our family dynamic you know, and we might even hang our, our hat on the fact that we're dysfunctional and like, let's laugh about it. And that only goes so far. That's really a surface thing because really the deep need is that we're hurting deeply and whether it's for affection, approval, you know, acceptance, whatever our deep need is, it's not getting met. Correct. So, um, I would say probably the best thing I could say is before you go into a holiday or before you go into a situation where, you know, what it's going to be like because of the past is decide how do you want things to go for you this time? And you might think that's Pollyanna to sort of think, well, how can I decide how things get to go for me when I'm not in control? Cause that's what a lot of us believe. Um, but I would say that's the first thing. Second thing is um, again, if you're a believer, I would look at, I would just go into the words in red and read how Jesus handled his haters, how Jesus handled the Pharisees and all the things like just, and go and see how he handled them. I mean, he's the master of boundaries and it's not just like, it's not a self-help book where it's laid out. 
here's how Jesus handled boundaries. But literally, if you go to and read his words in red, you will see all about boundaries. Um, So those would be the tips that I would say, because you, I would love to say, stand up for yourself and put a boundary in place. But it literally seems like impossible when you haven't done it before, or you've done it and they've crossed them again and again. So I don't want to rah, rah you there. It's more of let's go to the master who truly is where we all can draw our strength from and our example from. Yeah. And I think that what you said before, it all has to start with your value and worth. When you understand that you are valuable to him, you can say to yourself, I value myself too much to allow someone to treat me this way or to talk to me this way. But how I handle that needs to be with God's grace and direction. And like you said, God will speak to you and he will give you a prompting that will cause you to have that courage and even boldness to take that step and set that boundary. So that's so important. And that's where too, learning how to deeply connect with God by asking him questions, Lord, how do, how do you want me to go into the situation? How do I interact with uncle Joe when I know he's going to get a little handsy or he's going to have a little too much to drink and then get wants a hug or whatever the situation is, or they're just verbally, you know, demeaning. Um, I don't know how else you can do it without Jesus. Agree. Agree. There's been so many times. So what you just described, right? Like asking Holy Spirit, you know, God, help me, show me, give me the words. A lot of times it's, you don't, he's not going to give you like a script where you walk into the, the family reunion with the script. It's more of you feel it in your body, that clenching in your chest or the tightness in your, in your belly. And, and like alarm bells might be going off all over your body and you're just used to it, but it's that, okay, I feel that. And so then it's just take a deep breath. And then try, you know, and the trying is where I feel like God's going to come in and just assist you. He might not, you might not know ahead of time what you're going to say. I mean, I can't tell you how many times there were, you know, opportunities. I'm sure you can speak to this too in your life where you knew you had to do something. You didn't know exactly how it was going to happen, but the opportunity presented itself and you took a step and then God met you. And then you took a step. Yeah. And, you know, with Thanksgiving being only a few days away right now, as we're recording yeah. this, there's yeah. not a ton of time to really find and dig your worth and then believe it. Yeah. <laughs> but, right, right, right. but that is definitely the long game. Um, the short game is just, like I said, um, asking God to meet you where you are. And maybe you just decide this holiday I'm going to, you know, cause there's like things where the boundaries need to be like small and then there's like huge boundaries. And so maybe it's too much to go from, I can't even do a little boundary to a big boundary. So maybe it's just, you decide, you know what, this kid is, you know, um, this, this cousin is really annoying and he always grates on my nerves. I'm just going to say something when he, when he you know upsets me. Cause like, maybe you could do that, but maybe you can't stand up to uncle Frank or uncle Joe or whatever. <laughs> Yeah. And that's a great, uh, that's a great point. And that's where I will go in and say, okay, what's going on in my heart right now? I'm feeling anxious or being self-aware and then say, okay, Lord, how can I connect to your love for me? One of the best questions I have for the Lord is Lord, how can I rest in your love right now? And then pause 
and really just get that solid in my heart because we will hear with our spiritual ears or the eyes of our understanding or just have that felt sense of his presence of just saying, I'm with you. And knowing that he'll give you a picture or a word or something that you can go, okay, now I can take that step. Or how do I just uh, be a conduit of your love? How can I love this person without really having to get down to their level or just like a water off the duck's back where it doesn't affect me. It's not going to infect me. I'm not going to get contaminated by it. And that's where you really have to do prepare your heart uh, for that. So, um, well, is there anything else, Vicki, for just in relation to what we've been talking about, anything else that you would recommend or suggest, or even a prayer to the listener? I mean, I always like to recommend to the mom as I work with, And I know I've said this multiple times just on this podcast alone, but I would really get in touch with what is your like biggest thing right now? Is it boundaries? Is it that you don't feel loved? You know, is it that you feel God is far from you? What is it right now? You know, is it just that there's fear because you're sharing custody with someone who you believe is dangerous? Like maybe there's just fear, like a constant level of fear. I would Google, (laughs) what does the Bible say about fear? find a verse, look up all the verses that you can find one. One's going to speak to your heart like that. And it's going to either make you cry or just make you like, you know, super excited. Something is going to speak directly to exactly what you need. And then I would encourage the person to say that out loud, say that verse out loud, make it personal, put yourself, you know, instead of it just being sort of a general verse, make, make it personal. Um, Obviously I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me is already a personal, right? But maybe it's, um, you know, like you said, if God is for me, no one can be against me. Okay. Make it personal. Say it out loud. That helped me tremendously to start to hear the word and then believe it over time. Yeah. And it's that getting, you know, I always go back to everything. Our deep needs all go back to love. We were created by love, for love, to be loved. And that is our deepest desire. And so really perfect love casts out fear. So God is perfect love. So really connecting to him ahead of time and is going to be so important. So that's, that's wonderful advice. How can people get connected with you so they can get help and resources as well as community? So Facebook group is hopeful and healed moms. And so and then my website is the survivorcenter.com. And there's plenty of, I write blogs twice a week on there. So there's plenty of advice there. And then I also have online courses as well that are on there. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you are a tremendous blessing and I know we'll be back on, unfortunately, the, the narcissistic situation is prevalent and um, people need to know that they're not alone and they're not crazy. So I know we'll be doing some more things with you back in the, the beginning of the year. So thank you again, Vicki. And I just pray everyone who is listening to know that you are deeply loved, you are highly valued, and you were created to thrive. God bless.